Welcome to the Legend of the Death Race podcast. I'm your host, Tony Matisse, and every week we share legends from past death racers on the courage, power, and wisdom it takes to conquer life's obstacles. All of us death racers aspire to inspire you to create a life past your limits. Today's legend follows the story of death racer John Chambers. John competed in two death races. He failed in his first one, and he passed his second one. And he's always been looking for the next challenge for himself. And he just tries to smile all the time and, you know, make sure that he makes jokes along the way. He used the F word way too much to get his point across. But here he is. Let's hear what he has to say about the death race experience. John, welcome Hi, to the uh, show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super stoked to have you here. Super excited to hear your death race story. You're joining us from uh, somewhere in the UK right now? Yeah, currently down in Bedfordshire. So normally I'm based in uh, Scotland. So so um, awesome. managed to pick up some extra work in these uh, crazy times. Uh, cutting reeds, uh, rushes, sorry, rushes is the word, of random jobs to pick up. Um, so, you know. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Glad that you're able to get some good work going during this crazy time, because I know it's definitely hard for some people to find. And uh, yeah, we're super excited to have you joining us uh, from across the pond. So yeah, let's just dive right in. Let's um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background. You know, where are you from originally? Um, and what's your occupation? You know, and uh, maybe a little bit about your uh, athletic background. Uh, so I'm from Scotland originally, but I've lived kind of all over the place. Um, and I've just, just moved back there after living in Wales for five years. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of that stuff. Um, but, uh, athletically I've always done sports, like, uh, as a kid, like grew up being climbing, kayaking, doing all those sort of things. And then doing the more kind of standard, uh, rugby, uh, football or soccer for you guys, uh, <laughs> and sort of stuff. So, and then, um, uh just in the last uh five years started to go down that um endurance sort of uh route um and started doing the classic obstacle racing doing spartan stuff uh and then just um started to see how deep the rabbit hole goes with like the agogi and um that and then saw the death race came back and was like shit Take my money. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's awesome. And so, yeah, I'm going to be curious about how you got into that. Just before we dive in, um, what was your occupation and, and how old oh, were you when you sorry. did the first uh, uh, I, uh, I'm a, uh, DT, a design technology uh, technician. So basically help kids um, make stuff and create stuff. Like I've always made stuff. Um, I love teaching in that sort of way. Um, my first deaf race, I was 29. Uh, and then I did my last one last uh, last summer. So I was, uh, sorry, 28 for my first one and then 29 for my second one. So, awesome. Um, so yeah, so a bit more pushing the age of it but not that old so <laughs> nah, nah, you're, still young. you're still young so yeah so you said about five years ago so i guess when you're maybe 25 26 uh is when you started getting into all of this so how, how did you find this how did you get into this um i <laughs> i got into obstacle racing in the most comical way it's when i used to work um work in a bar uh so it's 20 26 years ago was the first yeah 2000 2015 was the first um spartan race i did and i literally got a email in my inbox saying like they were doing a two-for-one promotion uh and like chatted to my brother a little bit about it and he was like ah well i'll do it if you're doing it and i was like okay cool signed up for it on the thursday ran it on the saturday <laughs> and it was just like shit what the hell have i just signed myself up for <laughs> um you know, just that time, just like, this seemed like a great idea two days ago. <laughs> and that was like the super in uh, the Edinburgh Pentlands. So it was proper, like, in the deep end, hadn't really been doing much um, fitness-wise. Like, it was just, you know, working a bar. So it was like a lot of working that right arm for pints. Uh, <laughs> um, and, <laughs> uh, and then just was just like, oh, crap, I really, really enjoyed this. And then um, went from there and saw, you know, like none of this stuff is that that um, 
it's very expensive you know if you're doing it a lot so i just started off with just doing um volunteering at the uh, spartan races which i really enjoyed because you know like getting that experience to help people overcome their fears you know adversity like, like okay. it doesn't seem like it's a big deal to me but somebody that's scared of heights it's a massive thing and helping that person just get over the top is such a fulfilling thing um so did that for a couple of years and then started going actually i want to start pushing myself so then started competing in the competitive way not the competitive way you had the it was before you had age group it was it was the competitive wave wasn't it yeah, I think they had the competitive and the uh, the elite, of course, it was com- and then yeah, so like then then, started yeah. competing in the competitive wave to just push, you know, just like find that edge, you know, just to you know, like just running it for fun wasn't, you know, it was still fun, but it wasn't like reaching the limit of like you know I could do more. And then going into that competitive bit, it was like actually right, these people want to throw down and get this done seriously. So did that, um, and then started. Um, started running uh more more and taking on doing um ultras so i did like uh the green man ultra which is here in the uk which is 45 miles which is my first like longest distance sort of thing um and then just kept on ramping it up and then saw they were doing uh a 24-hour race in iceland and was like oh that seems cool like i've never been to iceland it's a great experience to double whack and experience going to iceland doing a race at the same time and then it was like somebody uh somebody said oh if you signed up the 24-hour race you can get the agogi for free i was like oh sweet i'm saving myself (laughs) even more money i'll do that so so then ended up doing 60 hours in iceland which was like at the time i would have said it was the hardest thing i did just like four hours of daylight in a 24-hour period is just just screws with you absolutely like just just mind-blowing and then like the terrain we went over was just incredible like i remember we we did this uh we went into this um underground lava fields and we crawled through this did like a load of pt in this cave and then like they were like turn all your lights off and keep on going through in the dark and like luckily i'd done a lot of caving when i was younger so it just took me back to that and it was like oh sweet right i know what we're doing here we can do this but we popped out and like when we went in it was pitch black outside and we came out and it was glorious sunshine and like the most incredible like sunrise i've ever seen and then um we went on to then compete in the 24-hour race and like that really showed me like how much teamwork is so important in this stuff like the the group of people that we were running around with was just amazing and then continued doing some ultras saw they were bringing back the death race uh and was just like boom like i saw that uh thing on instagram where i think it's one of peter's kids is like saying like it's snowing and he's like definitely begins now and i saw that i was like boom i'm i'm in i'm in all in for this uh you know uh and yeah just that was it and then just spent uh six weeks no uh i signed up and then in april i was meant to be running an ultra um and i'd done a, a eight hour obstacle course um called the uh winter nuts which is like just you're just in water for like it's it's only uh i think it's seven or eight kilometers the loop like it's really not that far but about five of that you are literally up in ankle deep up to your waist of water and it's in like uh beginning of april uh, beginning of march january january february march yeah beginning of middle of march sort of time so it hasn't warmed up at all so i got slight hyperthermia you know enjoyed that (laughs) not fun um finished that uh and then four days later ended up having my appendix out oh wow yeah but i spent the week just going oh it's the ultra it's just the kickback from the race you know that's why i feel so shit whilst walking around going I'm okay and just totally forgot from doing all this endurance stuff. My pain threshold and tolerance is a lot higher than what you'd normally consider it. Um, and it was just, yeah, that was just really shit. So then I had to spend the next block of training was like, okay, 
Yeah, but I take the first four weeks really, really gently. It's going to pack, and I'm not even going to be able to compete in the death race. Um, and then I just spent like literally 12 weeks just going right, just taking it small steps at a time, just building back up. And luckily, like I had a really good coach, um, Graham Roberts, who like helped me deal with all the mental side and just preparing and that sort of thing. So, but then I think I over egged, like over over mentalized it, if that makes sense. You know, okay. I spent so long, spent so long going. This is what at the end of the death race, I'm going to have a plastic skull and drinking pina coladas out of it, you know, <laughs> and then that didn't happen and it kind of mentally crushed me, but then signed up again and went back and tried it out, you know, so, um, yeah, so that's kind of like how I got into the first one. Yeah, it's an incredible journey to get there and it so, sounds like you got like a little taste of everything along the way and then just... Death Race is back. When it came back, you signed up immediately. So you probably had, oh, a, oh, yeah. you had a decent amount of time to prepare, but then you had this, you know, this little side quest to go on with your appendix. Um, yeah. And so after, how long did you have after recovering to kind of like get ready for the death race? 12 weeks. Like literally 12 I had, weeks. well, it, it worked out, uh, what was it, 12, uh, 16, it was like 16 weeks in total from like after I came out of hospital and it was like, mm-hmm. like the first four weeks was pretty much just like walking. Like if I lifted my arms above my head, I could just feel like the sutures inside just feeling sore. Oh. It was like did, did absolutely nothing. And then it was like, I did my, did a, a 5k park run and it was my first like form of fitness in four weeks and was just like, fuck, this is awful. You know? And it was just making me worried because I was just like, I've now got 12 weeks to get my ass in gear because of obviously watching like all the videos and talking to people going like, this isn't something which you can just turn up and just be able to walk, walk into, you know? Um, and yeah, just, just got that 12 weeks really down, like had a load of different challenges from, um, what did I get set? Man, like I did a load of run, learn how to chop, uh, chop wood. That would be one of my top tips to anybody that's considering doing the death race. <laughs> learn how to cut wood and not learn how to cut wood at the death race. <laughs> yeah, that's a good piece of advice. I, I tell you, like the amount of people that you see there sometimes, they've never swung oh. an axe. It's, it's frightening. It is frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's also when you see that person, you're like, okay, you chop over there. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> yeah, Thank you very much. I'm going to go as far away from you as possible because oh. I like my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, but, um, so learn to do that and then just learn to be more, like, uncomfortable carrying heavy objects. Like, I did one of the workouts that I did to, like, kind of mentally prepare and also just learn to um, carry stuff in a different way was, like, had a sandbag, put it over my head, and then like ran round the 400 meter running track, put it down, 50 burpees, repeat 10 times, you know. And it was just like after the third lap, your shoulders are just like on fire. And then like you think, oh, the the burpees are going to be rest, and it's just it's just not because you just end up falling on your face. And it's just yeah. oh, it's just a being physically fit, I think, like was uh, important. But I think like dealing more with the mind games which was the bit I think like I really wanted to focus on over that time. Cause I knew in those 12 weeks, I wouldn't be able to get to the real fitness level that I needed to, uh, needed to be. Yeah. The mental, the mental game is so important with doing these races. It's like one of the only components I think that you really have to prepare for more than anything else. I mean, yeah, being physically fit is important, but if you don't have that mental game, it, the race will destroy you. There's just no other way to put it. Um, So you competed in the 2018 and 2019 death race. What was your why? Why did you want to do this? I mean, you you kept going on these harder and harder journeys. Why did you keep wanting to, you know, push yourself like this? Just to find the edge of the envelope, really. I know it's just like, and and partly why not? Like, you know, it's a, a challenge to put yourself through the ringer and see who you are really at the end of it. Like, I think with any of the sort of stuff, it's like, you know, you can you can truly see what sort of character and person you are like when you put yourself in um, 
into that like misery place, you know, and you are either going to look into the darkness of the cave and go, actually, he's not such a bad dude. Or you're going to go, fuck, I don't want to hang out with that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's actually a really good point. And so when you go through that, um, say, say that you do pull out that guy that doesn't, that you don't want to hang out with. How do you address him? And then how do you, yeah. How do you address him? Uh, eat a lot of food. That's what I normally find. <laughs> you know, eat, it's, food, it's, eat food and make a laugh. Like I just like, you know, like I think, you know, there's a, there's a certain point where if you take it too serious, it becomes too hard for your brain to process where, you know, the simpleness of going, enjoying a Jolly Rancher and just chat and shit just will get you through those, like, you know, that hour, three hours of doing, you know, measurable shite um, that will get you through. Like, I remember, like, in in my first one, like, um, my uh, friend Andrew, who's from the UK, we were coming off um, the blood roots. So we'd had to pick up that stupid arc thing and carry that up um, the back of uh, the blood route. And then we were walking up to the top of the blood route. We sat down for a second um literally just like enough time to like eat a snack quickly um mm-hmm. and i remember my, my friend andrew coming over and he sits down and he's like john I, I don't think i can keep on going this sandbag is beating me down like it's absolutely like killing me and i was like mate you need to shut the fuck up eat some food and get on with it you know and he was like no 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 it's like look you're either gonna have to carry that fucking sandbag down the hill with your bib on or with your bib off. So you might as well just keep the bib on because at the next thing we might lose the sandbag or we're just going to get the next iteration. So just keep on going, you know, and I think it's like moments like that, you know, like it's great for to say it to him because then it also reinforces it back in me. It's like just eat, eat something, get on with it, and you're just going to get to the next task and you're going to forget about the miserable walking on the blood root barefoot um for a second when then you get down to joe's farm and you're having to move a stupid boulder you know um across his yard because he doesn't like the way they look (laughs) yeah yeah you know so um uh. and that's just it like you have to um you have to be able to just push through those moments where you are kind of just like this sucks this sucks you got to stop saying it sucks you need to you need to eat probably like oftentimes whenever we're in that like shitty place it's just that all you need to do is put some food in you and you're good to go and then you're right it's yeah. like if you you've already you're, you're no matter what you're stuck going back down so like why not go back down with that bib i i love that yeah like i remember like when we came to like after that we had to um go up to uh shrek's cabin um which if anyone gets the chance you should go and do that um but then we cleared all the top the area around shrek's cabin of like all the overgrown brambles and trees and all that um and then we were like because we didn't do the boulder in fast enough time um we then had to do a three thousand um burpee penalty um so then brutal started doing that yeah absolutely terrible um and started doing that and it was like this is just shit like just trying to do 25 burpees at a time i think this is a different way i think that was the where it was like i remember lying down and there was a, a camera crew um camera crew there and um they told me i was like look i, I just don't want like just can you fuck off please i really <laughs> i just really don't want to de- deal with this and um, just absolutely throwing my fucking toys out the pram <laughs> and uh, sitting on the side going, fuck this, I'm out, fucking take my bib, fuck, I'm done with this shit. And uh, Robin, I think Robin comes over? Or is it Robin? Oh, fuck. Somebody, yeah, Robin, Robin Cross. Somebody comes Crossing. over and it's like, well, if you drop out now, I'm going to take your bib off you. And then post it to you, and it's gonna piss you off. And I was like, "Fuck you, man! I'm gonna do this." And like, <laughs> so he goes away. I do like another 300. But oh, fuck, <laughs> you know, like again, one of those just games of just like, you know, they're like they're there to 
pull you up and trick you to, you know, stop competing. But also at the same time, they're there to push you to go beyond what you think you can do. You know, because I could have quite easily at that moment just gone, I'm done with this. I'm over and out where, you know, Robin saw that moment and was like, right, actually, you can push harder. You just need the right incentive to to do that, you know, and then I, I managed to only still get 2,500 burpees done, you know, but my I developed like a repetitive strain injury in my elbow. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking miserable, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, 3,000 burpees is, is awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and even with the intensive, um, the, what's it called? Somebody was saying like, if you get your 3,000 burpees done, I'll make you a s'more and you can have that as a little treat whilst you watch everyone else suffer, <laughs> you know? That's <laughs> like... That's some good incentive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still didn't make me get all the way there, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so before we go into like that and what happened after not making the, the 3,000 burpees, um, I want to go back. You've talked a little bit about your training. Um, did your training evolve from the 2018 to the 2019 death race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the major change was like each, each month was given like a different task like so like it was uh one month was i had to go up um in a in the course of a week go up every every route up snowden which is the second highest mountain in um in the uk um so there's like seven different ways to go up it but it was like literally like in so i did one route one day and then over the course of a one one other day uh, like starting at like, what was it? Must have sun was just coming up. So like six, seven o'clock in the morning, then went up another four different ways up Snowden. Uh, but it was like some of those routes was literally like walk to the summit, then walk down the path, knowing I was going to have to turn around and walk back up that very route. I just came up, came down. Yeah. And it's like, oh, gee, like that was like bloody hard just to get to the bottom and just think, I've just got to climb all that. I just came down, you know, and then that was all with the weight, like a similar weight to what I'd be carrying for the death race as well. Um, oh man. So that was just like mentally was just like, this is just shite, like absolutely shite. And it was literally like the last day of that week where it was like, I've got to get this done. Otherwise I get a penalty from a coach for doing it. And he didn't tell me what the penalty was. And I was like, well, better get on and do it, you know? Uh, <laughs> but that was one thing. Then another like, thing was... If, if, if you can give us some context, how what kind of elevation are we talking here? Uh, oh, fuck, what's Snowden? Uh, one, I think it's like 1,000 1, something odd meters high. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'd have to look it up. Um, all right. You know, all I know is it's a bloody okay. long way. You know, 3,000... 560 feet elevation is is what it is. I'm not sure what you start. It starts at about, let's see, I'm going back and well, forth between feet it, here, but 1,000 meters above sea level. So you're, you're climbing quite a bit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, and also like some some of them, you, you can cheat and you can start at about 800 meters up. So you only mm-hmm. have the last little bit to do. But then yeah. other ones, you have to go all the way right down to the bottom and then do all that climbing. It's like, oh. this This is just, yeah, yeah. So it was a great idea. It's brutal, yeah. You I, know, so, you know. I'm looking it up. It looks it's a, it's looked, it looks like it's about, yeah, about 3,000 probably foot climb or about 1,000 meter climb. Like, that's that's some serious climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And five <laughs> of those in one big. day was uh, was a tasty one on the legs, you know. Yeah, I Definitely bet. felt that the by the I bet the you know, quads are really happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only good thing was, at least the weather was nice. It would have been kind of nice. Like, the first time I went up, it was, like, just fog all the way up. So it was kind of okay. like, you couldn't see where you were going, so it kind of made it a bit easier. And then the second time, it was like, you could see everywhere you were going. It was just like, oh, Christ, I've got to go back up there, then back down. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was fun. And then what else did I do? I had to write a letter to myself. Like talking about the reasons why, you know, what what went wrong in the previous year and how to better myself and develop myself, which sounds really easy, but was actually really hard to do. Like it was Mm -hmm. much more um, harder sort of thing. And then my coach actually posted that like back to me. 
and rereading that after doing the death race and finishing it was just like man what the like what was what was i going through you know because like the whole year was such a transformative year of of doing that and focusing on the death race um and then what else did i do i carried a sandbag round for a month that was fun that's Um, a good one yeah well that meant like any exercise i did from running to walking to going to the gym i had to have that within a two meter radius of me so that was fun Uh, and then like the weight increased over the week over the weeks um what was another good one oh a really funny one because it happened in the death race i had to carry two eggs for a month oh, and then at the death race we were given an egg to carry for the race <laughs> and the only thing i could think of was like did graham know how did he know about this? <laughs> you know? what the hell <laughs> that's hilarious i love so, it i love it that's uh, some good ways to prepare um let's circle back to to what happened then so you did your, you're doing three thousand burpees you did 2500 or so what happened um well that went as it did and then we went down to the barbed wire crawl um and we started on that uh, and i got allocated as one of the runners uh the um uh people to go for the guinness world record attempt um and just from the burpees i was behind on my hydration and right. like you know like if you've been to that field that is right in front of the brown barn there's yep. no shade there's nowhere to hide from that sun and like i'm from the uk so over 25 is bloody hot like yeah and if it was below that it would have been a miracle like it was just so freaking hot and uh yeah so ended up i can't even remember how many laps i did i was just moving so slow and then like i remember getting up to the halfway stage standing up for a second just to relieve the um relieve my knees and hands from crawling drink some water and i went really lightheaded came back around and one of the medical team was like how are you feeling i was like i was really faint back then and he was like yeah yeah you're done mate like you know you're you're out of this and i was like oh fuck am i and i was like yeah you're dehydrated and maybe getting towards heat stroke and i was like oh fuck and then bib came off and like the last 12 weeks just crushed me like i just remember um somebody coming over going oh i'll give you a hug and me just going fuck i don't need that like i just i just want i just need a second and then having to take like 10 minutes aside just to fuck i fucked up like i'm absolutely screwed up i'm really sorry about all the swearing by the way Um, swearing's great it's fine um, (laughs) uh, but yeah i just like felt like i'd really messed up and then i had to take a second to rethink and go actually i've met an amazing group of people i've had an amazing experience maybe i've not got the plastic skull that i wanted to but i've like benefited from this so much more um in so many different ways you know um and yeah and then that was that was the end of my first first try at it um and then pretty much in august they launched the uh launched the next year's race and the first day i paid my money and that was me in uh, and i was like right i've got 12 months now if that's what i could do in 12 weeks what can i do in 12 months you know and yeah, then hell yeah. before i know it it's you know i've done all these challenges and training and i'm back in vermont um at the death race house chatting to some great people again packing my bag and thinking all right here we go round two this is the time and i also think like over the 12 week 12 months i my mindset had changed a lot like i think it's from signing up so far out i went from going i'm really really want to do this and then about eight months or eight months into training so four months away i was just like i can't be asked like i don't care anymore like it's not my i don't care about it you know and then like it was a partner one so i was doing it with my mate andrew so i was like actually i'm gonna go and do it with my friend andrew that i really enjoy hanging out with and doing these challenges with um and just gonna have fun and that's what like the moment that my brain tricked me of going actually i turned up and just went into it just i'm gonna whatever they say i'm gonna laugh at it 
I'm going to smile and just move on to the next thing. You know, I'm not going to take anything serious. If we've got to do something, then we're just going to get on and do it. You know, if we've got to pick yeah. up a heavy thing, then we'll pick up a fucking heavy thing. You know, that's the way that's so. the best way to approach it, too. You know, it's 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 so important to have that mindset and attitude. And it sounds like after your first experience, you really were able to be like, all right, I'm going to go back and do this thing. Um, so real quick, before we get into that. The, to get the right, uh, everyone listening reference, 25 degrees Celsius is about 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so just to give you a reference on point and where he was at there in that barbed wire crawl. So there's no penalty after doing the 2,500 burpees. You guys just basically kind of kept going and doing No, they just yeah. slid us straight down. Like, and then there was a, before they, I think they were just like so many people over the night just dropped yeah. out. Like it was just, you just kept on looking around. As long as like, you kept going, you were still go? there. Where the hell did ego yeah 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 i think like the, the idea wasn't to get people to do three thousand burpees the idea was to get people to do burpees for nine hours you yeah. know yeah I, exactly. I, rem- I remember like walking down and joe saying saying that exactly to me he was like i just want you to do nine hours of peace i don't care yeah. you did the three thousand <laughs> he was like ah shit okay now and, and that was like a, that was a learning curve there because that then into the next year i was then like because we had to do this challenge of like going up and down this um, hill, um, hill getting clues from clues from trees and stuff, and it was like, okay, we are literally going to be here for until the sun rises. There is no point in busting a gut, so just take it nice and easy. He just wants to wheedle down the crowd, get rid of a couple of hundred people. And then we're going to move on to the next next task, you know, and that yeah. that was a good education in the next year. That's definitely a good lesson to learn. So let's um, going into your first race. Did you have any fears? Not really. Like, no. I know that sounds really weird, but there wasn't like, I mean, there was a bit of a fear of the unknown. But right. I think after like doing so many different things and then like it was like all right it's just the order they're gonna be put in that was the you know the the way like they're gonna make us chop wood we're gonna carry something heavy we're gonna do something stupid and then (laughs) at the end of it we'll be done you know and that was you know like kind of it really um but then when i went into the next year i was fucking terrified i was gonna get dehydrated again like that was like one of my fears of just going back and going Christ, if I could do two years in a row and get dehydrated, I'm a bloody tit, you know. That, <laughs> yeah, that, you still don't want to make the same mistake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the the second year, I was just like, like, like I said, like just going in to have fun. So there was nothing I was scared of because it was like I knew, you know, quite a lot of people that were going back that year, and it was like I'm just gonna go and hang in the woods for 72 hours with some friends, you know. It's just like, well, it can't be that scary. I've done right. it once, kind of. Let's just do it again. Yeah, and so, let's let's go into that. Like, paint me a story of what this second death race for you, 2019. What was that like? Uh, it was definitely more chaotic to begin with, um, because like we'd gone in with a partner, and it was like I know who my partner is, and it's like, and then it was like within I don't know the first couple of hours, it was like, nope, you're not with that person. You're now with this other person, and it was like shit, is this person good at carrying stuff? Shit, can this person deal with, the, you know, the tasks that were coming to hand? And that yeah. was, like, a bit unknown. But, like, I was with, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Tony. Tony? Tony, yeah, from, like, the uh, North Star in Massachusetts. I had him as a partner whilst we were going up and down this hill as we were zip-tied together with yeah. hands. Like, and it was, like, he was, like, absolutely bomber. And, like, ended up being part partnered up with him was so benefiting because then I got to know the rest of his team. Oh, I can't remember the rest. People's names so, are like a blur. Yeah, yeah. No, not that. So, so you, um, yeah, it's hard to remember names. Totally. So you were, you were just saying though, like you, you met Tony's team and I, I kind of lost you for a second. So I just wanted to hear what, what happened after you, like you, you realized had his team. Yeah, so it was kind of like joining another team to like all work together. Because I think like like the first year I was in, I was like, this is a race. And then the second year was like, this isn't a race. This is survival. And if you can survive, surround yourself with enough people that are going to help you reach that end goal, 
then you should be doing that, you know, like, um, Aiden. So you're partnered up with Tony. We're going to just go, you're, you're partnered up with Tony. And how does that affect your race? Uh, really good, actually. I think it made it really enjoyable because it's like, oh, I'm having to learn somebody new, learn some new skills. And then we're like, we're just doing loops up and down this path, crawling, and then just every now and then going around the corner going, we'll just sit down here, have a little sit down, sleep for a second, then go back, answer the questions we're meant to be doing. Um, then we finish that challenge. And what do we do after that? Such a blur sometimes. <laughs> oh, then we had to go over and do the scavenger hunt. So that's then when we walked up um, up to, um, oh, what's it called? Bloodroot, the top of Bloodroot. Uh, and we had to memorize the poem. And then that's like when we all had to memorize a little bit of the poem and then recited it. Um, so oh, yeah. we had to end up doing burpees. And then we had to go back up the top of Bloodroot and find a fucking mushroom that I am sure there was no mushrooms there. Um, but like, uh, was somehow ended up like chatting to my mate Clay, who was there, who had done like being in Iceland with. And like, yeah. we, um, you had him on. And like, so I was the other person that we kind of like borrowed that mushroom part off him from. That's so great. That's so great. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we ran back, well, walked back down to the, um, the the mine no the iron cave yes uh, yeah to the iron cave and like was somehow managed to light our fire just in time to, i think like we were like one of the last three people to get into that like um section all during this time was being told oh the other groups are all getting cut you're the last like people in there's only 18 people going on from this stage you know so it was like continuously having that pressure going, right, just need to stay in, just need to stay in. Um, then we were given a rock. Oh, then we had that classic, um, uh, so we had to go into a river and was like, right, you see that stone there? The water needs to be over that stone. I was like, hang on, we did this last year and we just had to put a water bottle on top of it. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 you can't do that. I was like, all right, can I roll it? And it was like, you just need to get the water under, over the rock. It was like, okay, give me a second. Rolled it into the middle of the river. And it was like, is that okay? It was like, yep, on to the next task. Like, <laughs> such simple little things where you're just going like, man, we could have been there for like hours, um, hours uh, freezing our butts off, sitting in that water. Um, and instead it was like, actually, this is a simple, just move a rock into a river um and then we had to what did we had to do after that oh we had to build um, a fish trap for peter in his back garden oh, nice. uh, you know some classic uh, yard work really uh and then and then we went on to the everest challenge um after that so then we were put into uh what was that that bit was like so all during that bit there wasn't really much supervision by like the leaders so mm -hmm. you can, you know, push how hard you wanted to or go easy as you wanted to. And then we came back to the farm and they were like, OK, if you're if you think you're strong, go on to that side. If you think you're weak, go on to that side. And like, right, we're doing a burpee off. OK. And it was like you had everyone there. And it was at that moment where you're like, right, we got to push hard. You know, you got to show up and put out right now. Um, you know, because like that's the thing, like you, at some points during the death race, you can hide away a little bit you know you don't need to put as much effort in as you need to and at that moment it was like right we need to push and get this done and then we were divided up into groups of three to four um and like uh i was paired up with dave who just finished the um 100 mile uh, snowshoe race and then also patrick uh, mees so we were paired up and we were given this um slosh pipe to move and fuck me, that thing was shit. <laughs> like, I just remember all the way through it, like, Patrick just saying, this is so fucking stupid. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear him saying that. Yeah, I know. So, I, like, I remember we got we got to the top top with the slosh pipe. I was like, man, I need to deal with my foot. I was like, oh, come on, it can't be that bad. And he just, like, takes his shoes off and peels off a flap of skin. I'm like, oh, God. oh dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs>
<laughs> and then he keeps going, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. And just Kevley just super glued it back on. Like it was nothing. It's ridiculous. The Legend of the Death Race podcast is brought to you by Trail Toes, the best anti-blister, anti-chafing cream there is. Trail Toes prevented me from having any blisters after 66 hours at the 2014 Death Race and continues to prevent blisters on all my mountain adventures. Get your jar of Trail Toes today. Use the code THELEGEND on trailtoes.com for 10% off your purchase. And don't forget to visit the Legend of the Death Race shop where you can grab a Memento Mori t-shirt or poster as a reminder to live your best life. Just visit legendofthedeathrace.com slash shop. So, so with all these um, interesting tasks that you're doing, what was like the most, between both years, what was the most interesting or most, most stupid thing that they made you guys, made you do? Uh, I think get the carry that in the first year we had to carry the, the arc, the death race arc, which was like this generator on a trailer, which then that was hooked up to a log with a clock on it, which was like running the time we had. And the clock just ran off AAA batteries. So you didn't even need the generator. And it was just, that was just miserable carrying that thing up there. And it was just like, you know, you got um, got a lot of alpha pers- personalities all oh, yeah. trying to say, oh, we should do it like this. We should do it like that, you know. And it's just like, you know, too many chiefs and not enough Indians sort of situation. Uh, that um, happens but, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that then, like, we when we had to move the rocks that first year, like, there was so many, like, I remember uh, John, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, there's a guy there who had done it in a previous death race when they'd move the boulders and it was mm-hmm. like, right. Okay. He's done it. Let's listen to what he did instead of having to reinvent the wheel. And everyone was just like, nah, fuck that. We're going to do this. We're going to put scaffolding poles. We're going to try and roll it. And it was like the first half an hour was just like, guys, let's just, ah, oh, I'm just going to step back and just fucking laugh. Um, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's sometimes then, the best thing that you can do. Yeah. And then in, in last year's one, the, they took away our shoelaces. <laughs> like yeah. that really sucked like just had to zip tie my feet to shoes onto my feet and it was just like this is just fucking miserable like and like got some bad solution. laceration on my feet but it worked i had shoes yeah. for the next 24 hours and that's what mattered so <laughs> but those two would definitely be the stupidest shit we had to do that year those years it's awesome and so what was the most difficult task um i think it just it has to i it has to be um those burpees just like just m- mentally it just broke me and just having to get tricked back into doing it yeah. it was just like that that like i could have easily handed in my bib right there and not even like thought second about it but it's so monotonous and, and it's definitely yeah wrecking a number on your body because that's a lot of burpees yeah yeah yeah. and it's and it's also just like just thinking i've just done 25 crap yeah. i've still got x amount of sets of this to do you know yeah. before you feel like you know it's not even until you're like halfway through that that you start thinking oh i'm making headway you know because right. almost the first thousands the buy-in and then yeah. the last thousands the buy-out you know it's only really the middle bit where you're kind of going ah oh, you know i've i and and it's also you go Oh, I'm getting into the flow of it. My body's kind of getting used to it. And then you do one bad one and you're like, oh, fuck, that's just totally winded me out of doing it, you know? So, yeah. but I definitely say if you're doing burpees, do it on a slight hill. Yes. That's my top tip. You yeah, know? that is that is actually very helpful. Uh, and I remember doing that when I could uh, at yeah. a couple of my death races. You find that little hill spot and you use it to your advantage. So, what did you eat at these death races? To sustain uh, yourself, I had uh, the classic MREs. Um, okay, right on. So I had those, and then loads of different like cereal bars um, and stuff like that, and okay. then um, uh, Jolly Ranchers. That was like the the big big one that I found was like the little sugar boost. You pop one of those in, and you're like, Phew, the world's okay, you know. So, but yeah, just wait, kind wait, of the, what is that? Was that your favorite thing to eat? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. that. Or, uh, what was it? The uh, beef um, taco wrap that I found in my bag. Like, just, I can't even remember what I was doing, what I just finished. I think it was when we took it up, um, just carried our uh, slosh pipe to the top of the mountain and just dag in. And it was the first thing I found. I was like, 
oh my god it's like 2000 calories the spicy sauce yes get this on you know it was just amazing (laughs) so how did you stay awake during this race um i took uh what did i do like i did take some uh what's it called cafe chewing gum Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the fir- the second year, and the first year had some like coffee sachets, you know, like just straight shove it in, just tank it. Um, <laughs> and then the second year definitely had a couple of cheeky naps. Um, nice. You know, it's nice. amazing, like a five minute power nap, and you are a new man. You know, game changer. Um, yeah, and then like the other one that I found really worked was brushing my teeth. Like yes. It- just jesus like that refreshingness and then fresh shot socks and a fresh t-shirt like holy smokes that made such a difference like just psychologically you just like actually this is, is like i'm feeling fresh like i did like i did that on the friday of the of the the one 2019 one and mm-hmm. i was just doing that because i was like right we're still going to be going even though literally like half an hour later we finished but it was like, right, yeah. this is the time where I need to put some fresh clothes on, get refreshed, and get ready for the next, like, 24 hours. Because all every single time, I was just thinking, because we started, I think, the same day both times. I was like, we're, like, we're going to Saturday. Like, even though I knew we were going to stop on Friday, I was like, we're going to Saturday. Because it's like, if we don't go to Saturday, we're winning. But if we go right. to Saturday, then it's like, oh, I'm, I've still got enough food to last me that extra day. And yeah. it's fine, you know. Like that's the thing I found the craziest. Like some people, how little food they took. Where it's like, if out of everything, okay, you can cope with not very many socks. You can cope with not the extra layers, or you know, maybe not having the saw that's the best. But if you don't have enough food and hydration, then you're screwed. You might as well be written out in the first hour, yeah. you know. Yeah. And like that, that, that second year, I literally wore long sleeve trousers long trousers a long sleeve top for all the race where in the first year i was wearing a t-shirt and shorts and it was like i learned the sun can kill you if you have yes. least amount of skin on show you're not gonna burn your skin's not having to work as hard which is not burning energy which is much better for you you know and also sun cream is a great thing which is underrated super important super important um and did you hallucinate at all at either of these races uh the first one not so much on the on the second one i remember when we were doing the denali challenge walking up and it, and it was when i was by myself and just like seeing somebody i'm like dude you're fucking pissing right on the path what are you doing <laughs> And like got close and I was like, oh, it's a fucking tree. Fuck. Fuck <laughs> and then, and then oh, like, literally like another hundred meters on, I was like, dude, you're pissing on the path again. <laughs> and it literally happened like three or four times. I was like, oh, Christ, at the top, you need to eat some food and drink some water <laughs> to get this shit under control. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah. but yeah that that was definitely the funniest thing i ever hallucinated at a race it's like what the hell is going on with my body right now <laughs> fantastic so if you were to pick three your top three essential pieces of gear what are they uh i'd say a, a good hat um for me um definitely a hat a good axe like just something that you know you could swing happily all day long and just food that you don't mind to eat when it's wet and soggy or it's roasting hot and it's been sweating in your bag for three days. Um, yeah, those would be my three pieces of kit that I'd be saying, you know, you need to really take. That's some, that's some good advice. Um, what would you consider your defining moment? Uh, oh, I think my, my, my defining moment would have been like, the, the one that stands out for me the most is the fir- the first year. So we came off from was it after the burpees or uh, I can't I can't remember what we were doing before. Anyway, anyway, we came we came back to the beaver pond and there's a guy Joe um, Joe sitting in the beaver pond. I'm, I'd met him the day before uh, day before and he, he's he was like um, an alcoholic and like recovering and like just just stuff wasn't going well for him, you know. And like Joe had brought him down to the farm to, you know, help him get better. Cause you know, like if you email Joe with a problem, then you can get, um, you know, he'll help you out with stuff. 
So I yeah. got to chat to him, and he—I I didn't know, but he had dropped out when we had done the carry over the blood route. He'd like, you know, had enough. So he was sat sat in the um, sat in the pond, and we were all sitting there. And I can't remember who was saying it's it like, right? If one of you guys give you a bib up right now, Joe can come back in the race. I was like, sweet, have a bib. Like at that moment, I was like, I'm I'm happy with what I've got out of this race. I don't feel like I need to push myself further for my own growth where like from talking to Joe was like, nah, he needs this, you know, like he needs this experience to grow in a person and, and become what he needs to become, you know? And yeah. And like the amount of people that stood up and was like, no, 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 John, you need to sit down, sit down, you know? Cause I was just making people like smile and laugh all this time. And mm-hmm. it was just really incredible to me to see, how many people wanted me to just stay in, even though it was like, ah, oh, I didn't really mind. Like, you know, like, I just, yeah, like, that's incredible. This, this guy can benefit so much more from this experience than what I can, you know? And yeah, so that would be like my defining moment out of the whole. Yeah, whole super thing, selfless. So. I love that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and also like, it's weird, like looking back on it, I still don't think like I was trying to be a superhero or anything like that. It was just like, it just felt like the right thing to do for yeah. somebody else to grow as a being. Like, you, you know, like how much, and this like race can transform people you know like even just doing like other races that i've done which wasn't the death race like the hurricane heats and stuff like that seeing people evolve through that experience was like damn if this guy's had such a crap time and this could change him from going down one really shitty uh, experience to turning his life around and becoming a really good guy then hell yeah i want to be part of that experience for him you know that's awesome, man. Good on you for being such a good human. Um, so I want to dive into some of the last few questions here. Where did your courage come from to do this event? Stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's all it takes, man. Sometimes I think, that's like, all it like takes. generally, I just like I think it was just just so ignorant to sign up and not like think too hard about all the stuff done in the past and just think sod it how hard can it be you know and like that's it and then having like the support network of friends and family that just say yeah i think you could go and do that you know and it was like okay right let's go and do it you know so yeah yeah. and so what wisdom did you gain from doing these death races life is not as hard as you think like it's really not like like, you know, like life gives you easy options and life gives you hard options. And sometimes you've got to pick the hard options. Yeah. And I think like that's what the death race taught me. And, you know, the wisdom was like at certain moments, you're going to go through a real shit experience. But with the eclectic knowledge and experience you've had in life, you can push through these adversities, you know, like the whole COVID situation at the minute, like that's, you know, going through the death race has helped me deal with that from the experience of, you know, doing the same monotonous thing every single day. Then, you know, you just get on and deal with it and you control the controllables, you know, like if you can go out and run, go out and run. If you can go into like, I, I luckily have a workshop so I can go and workshop and make wood stuff, you know, so you can, control what you can control and that's the important things you know yeah absolutely so uh who would you say you were before the death race and and who are you now uh i definitely say i was just a stupid naive kid you know didn't really think didn't really think you know how how hard an event could be or you could could push yourself with the right mental strengtheners um and like now definitely just just got that confidence to go out there and see if somebody needs help and try and help them you know and just put yourself out there in that sort of way so um so yeah so that's what like i'd say about that one yeah that's a good transformation to have i think um so would you do the race again you know like when i finished the finished last year and i got the skull after they shotgun blasted it and all that performance stuff they did yeah like my my brother asked me that it's like would you go back next year and i was like the monkey is off my back 
like that yeah. that like i spent 12 well nearly you know a year and a half consumed by the idea of doing the death race yeah and like after doing it i was like i'm done like yeah there's no there's there's no bit of me that goes you know i want to go and do anything you know do it again you know um i mean like i'd maybe go back and pick crew for somebody or like go and volunteer but i don't feel like taking part is going to be as beneficial for myself as you know as what that is and i've got other it's it's such an investment of time where i've got other races that i want to do and other things you know I've got life that I want to go and do, you know, like totally. holidays I want to be go on, people I want to go and hang out with. Where, you know, if you're, you've got like, you know, going up Snowden five times in a weekend, it's like, I'm, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't go for that pint on Saturday night. I've got to go and do this sort of thing, you know, and it consumes so much of you, um, in that sort of way. So, so at the minute, it's like a no, you know, the rat has been fed. That's I, what I'd I think say. That's- I think that's fair, and I think that's great. I mean, there's so many other challenges out there, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so I always like to ask about books. So if you were to gift someone a book that wants to do, like, an endurance event or something, what what book or books would you gift? Um, God. You know, like, I've, I've – there's so many good ones that people have recommended already, and um, and it's kind of hard to, like, kind of add to that list. But, like, I've, I've just started listening to – like I, I listen to a lot of books. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I that, love that is, that is my um my reading t- reading um to me. But I um uh what's it called the Alchemist. Um, oh yes, that's a fantastic I can't remember one. who's it who's it by, but pa- you know, Paulo. Uh, um, gosh, I always forget his last name, but it starts with the yeah, C. yeah. Um, but like that book is amazing. Love that. Um, the Rise of the Ultra Runner. Uh, oh yeah that's, that's on my really, list that's really a... good one and if if you've done endurance running when you're reading that you'll be going dude don't stop just come on you got this you got this like i just found myself just like encouraging the guy on and on oh, that's um, awesome. and what else would i say just i like anything that gets you interested like you 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 know like it, I, I don't think you know you need to have such a help self-help book sort of thing like that's mm-hmm. why i love like um the alchemist like it changes the way you think and perceive stuff which i yeah. think is that's what you know is more important it's like how can you change your perception of of the interaction with the world and that sort of thing you know absolutely and I, I think that's one of my favorite things about the alchemist is it really helps you get a good frame of reference on, on how oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. approach things um so what's next for you i mean i know we're we're still in covid and probably not sure what's coming up next but it seems well, like things are starting to move in the right direction so do you have anything uh, that you're preparing for fingers crossed i'm meant to be running 100 miles in september oh awesome uh, awesome what's uh which is it an event or is it just uh, a, it's a- um uh ultra turst nodonia so okay. it's in um in Snowden Snowden. It's got oh god, what is it? Like thirty thousand feet of gaining over the whole race. Like oh, it's wow. just an absolute calf burner. Um but it's the third year the third year it's going. I like pit crewed it last year. Uh well um aid stationed it last year and like yeah. saw people come in like I saw people at the what was it, the 30th aid station, and then saw them at the 90th aid station. And I don't know what happened in those 60 miles, but some people were fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds Um, awesome. But yeah, I got that, and then um, potentially going to do some cycle touring. But um, at the minute, it's just, I've got, um, actually, one which you might be interested in, which is really good. Um, It's called Roots uh, Roots Adventures, which is uh, a night race in October. So it's like kind of a... uh, a survival race where you like learn about navigation. There's no GPS. Um, you've got to like, m- like, so last year we made like a shield then you had to carry it. Then you had to go and do some climbing. You had to light a fire, make a awesome. iron, make a spearhead. So it's just like those sort of like really fun stuff. And it's 24 hours long in October in scotland like it's like yeah that's going to be a good one as well but that's like you say at the minute it's like i can think about a race but it might not happen in that sort of way so but yeah that's what i've got 
Sounds fantastic. Um, all right. Well, it's been really awesome talking to you, John, and I've really enjoyed hearing your legend. Uh, this is a great opportunity if you want to share with people how to follow you and keep up with any other you know adventures you're going on. Um, so, yeah, have at it. How, uh, how can people stay in touch? You can find me on Instagram. Like I've got two. So one's for running, which is I Run This Way, um, which is my running one. And if you want to see the stuff I make um, and create, that's I design this way. So that's where I post most of the time um, my stuff on those two sort of forums, really. I love it. I love it. Such simple, uh, easy to follow uh, Instagrams oh, there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just keep it easy. You know, it then means you just add on, you know, just change the middle word. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's very good branding. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, John, thank you so much. That's where you can find them. And stay tuned for more legends from past Death Racers. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. This really helps the podcast move up the rankings so we can reach even more humans. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you find you really enjoy what we're doing, consider becoming a sustaining member by clicking the link in the show notes. Just a quick reminder, my legend, The Legend of the Death Race book, is now available. Visit legendofthedeathrace.com book to order your copy today. Thank you again for tuning in. If you'd like to stay up to date on my current adventures and training, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search the handle at ThatEnduranceGuy or visit ThatEnduranceGuy.com. We'll see you next time on the Legend of the Death Race podcast. Now go create your own legend.